1: What is up, Nets fans? Jack Manuel here for another Brooklyn Buzz and a somewhat eventful trade deadline for the Brooklyn Nets. At least some moves were made. I guess we'll get stuck into them in a little bit. But I guess it's... it's For me, I was chatting with Nick um, and me and him were going back and forth and I sort of was saying that I thought that the, this Nets deadline, the 2024 deadline, was defined more by the moves that weren't made than the woo the moves that were made, so Nick Claxton retained, Dwayne Finney Smith retained. Now, looking into those individually, Nick Claxton seems to be a, a priority for the Nets moving forward. You know, it, maybe they didn't get there was exploratory talks or little tricklings here and there from different sources, Mark Stein and others. You know, the OKC were linked, but I don't think that the package in return was commensurate for giving up a, a talent uh, the likes of nick claxton so he seems to be a key cog in in the nets future join finney smith being retained now look there was a first and first and first should the move have been made in the off season you know, around that sort of you know, around the draft where there was. Probably a, a decent semblance of value for DFS, and the Nets could have moved up in the draft, got some extra assets here or there. Look, maybe I, I probably would have pulled the trigger there if it allowed the Nets to get like a Cam Whitmore or any of those sort of dudes. But that's much to do about Muchness, Muchness, because I, I think he's a he's someone who has is on an incredibly high value contract. So I think that's something that also needs to be considered for him. Uh, and his future within Brooklyn, however long it will be, he's, he will, he should retain that value. Now, obviously, hopefully he gets back for that ankle injury sooner rather than later. It seems to be a bit more serious, one of the more serious ones in terms of his recovery, but DFS and his future uh, within Brooklyn is assured for now. Now the big ones. Spencer Dimwitty was offloaded to the Toronto Raptors for Dennis Schroeder and Darius Young. So... Look, the world's worst kept secret is Spencer Dinwiddie wasn't long for Brooklyn. Now, he's obviously now going to be uh, on the buyout markets after Toronto You know, didn't seem to have him in, in their plans. But the Nets getting a Dennis Schroeder, his contract is sort of what gives them the flexibility. Also, he's an okay player. Like, can't remember what a specific... Uh, like, platform it was that sort of compared the stats. They were like nigh on identical. So, this season, Schroeder's averaging 13.7 points, 6.1 assists, shooting splits of 44, 35, 85. Like, fine. Nothing to really write home about. He's a good enough player. Like, if he starts over Cam Thomas, I think <laughs> Nets fans, including myself, will erupt. But he's a, a stopgap sort of replacement, and you could do worse than the likes of. Uh, a FIBA MVP, one of the world's best. Obviously, there's a a little bit there that's somewhat noisy, but he's been a a good player, serviceable player, both in Lakeland, for the Raptors. So he's in the last year. He has one year left next year. So that means gives the Nets a bit of flexibility. So it means that re-signing Clax won't be onerous, giving them some money to maybe package together a deal for uh, Donovan Mitchell, which seems to be... Growing by the day, those sort of rumors, despite the fact that... I don't know why he would want to leave Cleveland, given how good they've been of late. But in saying that, shooter as a player, is similar to sort of a Spencer Dinwiddie. Fluky three-point shooter. I think he has more defensive chops when he does switch it on. Got a bit of attitude about him. You know, him and DSJ will be a bit of fun. They'll be talking smack, I think. The the most memorable moment of, of Dennis Schroeder against the Nets of late was him and Kyrie drawing going back and forth, you know, talking a bit of trash, and Dennis uh, Dennis Schroeder was doing it while wearing Kyrie shoes, which was, I thought, was quite funny and ironic, but that was move number one, and a good enough move, you know, you probably, you are offloading Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, Spencer was going back and forth, back and forth with a few different Nets Twitter accounts yesterday, but yeah, wish him all the best in Toronto, despite having a, a bit of a lackluster end to his Brooklyn Nets tenure. But overall, he was a positive Brooklyn net and he'll be remembered uh, fondly uh, within the Nets uniform because of re- the revitalization of his career. But the big guy we got in this one was Thaddeus Young. Put him alongside Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. That graphic is one of the iconic graphics in NBA media history. But look, he's a with daron sharp out nice little sort of backup big you know means that we don't have to pay play ben simmons there exclusively so i think that's a a nice little piece you know he is aging he's on an expiring contract he's you know 35 years old 6.5 points 4.5 rebounds 2.9 assists 1.1 steals shooting nearly 63 percent from the field though in 21 minutes over his last sort of 15 games so look he's been productive enough and another former Brooklyn Nets. Great. You know, from 2014, 15, and 15, 16 seasons, he played over 100 games for the Brooklyn Nets and was a, a good piece. And I think Nick and I, in different trade deadlines and off-season previews, have talked about our, a reunion with Thaddeus Young. So he'll be a nice vet, locker room sort of presence, I think. And he'll play some minutes sparingly here and there. And hopefully he can be a, a productive force. But... I don't know how long he'll be in Brooklyn and how large his role will be when Darren Sharp get back, gets back, but yeah, a, a nice little piece nonetheless. After the break, guys, I'll dive more into the Royce O'Neal to Phoenix and what the Nets got in return of that, give a little bit of a, a grade overall of, on what the Nets and their general trade deadline, and then a, a couple of little listener questions here and there.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions
1: apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Royce O'Neal, ladies and gentlemen, is no longer a Brooklyn Net. The drub, the pump fake dribble, one dribble, three connoisseur is heading to Phoenix. For Jordan Goodwin, Katie Bates, D up, and three seconds. Now, the net, the nature of those seconds is gonna be interesting because the the Suns have a little bit here and there. Let me just quickly try and find what those uh, second round picks are. Uh, but it's basically the Nets have like the entire future of Phoenix tied to them. Like it's it's an interesting one, but yeah, who knows i don't think as i've seen yet the 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 nature of those second round picks tied to the nets yet but it's funny the the nets have nine second round picks to go with their 11 first going through to 2031 so there is a a chest of assets that the nets can use when pulling the trigger on what is going to be you know a superstar trade at some point in the future the nature of that superstar remains to be seen. But in saying that, I, l- I think this is a fine enough move. You know, I think Royce could have been gotten for a first if the Nets had to pull the trigger in the offseason maybe last year. So maybe Sean Marks waited too late, but I think a lot of GMs have uh, been guilty of that. So maybe should have pulled the trigger a little bit earlier, but three seconds uh, and getting those seconds is, hopefully one of those is a, a little bit of a juicy one, but we'll see wait and see how that one pans out. Oh, I did find the nature of those picks, guys. So 2024, it's protected 31-54. It's via San Antonio. 2026 is a Detroit, Milwaukee, Orlando one, no protections. 2028 is a Memphis one, no protections. Uh, in the same year, there's a Boston one protected 31-45 and in a Memphis one in 2029, no protections. So you'd obviously prioritize the ones with no protections, but we'll wait and see how that pans out and might have to do a special bonus buzz on um, those second rounders. But in saying that, Royce was great. Uh, a wonderful glue guy for the Nets in his tenure here. Great locker room presence. The coaches loved him. A lot of fans loved him. Bit fluky, bit inconsistent. But, you know, a, a good, solid guy that you'd love to have on any other team, though. Disagree with Bob Myers talking about his perimeter defense. He hasn't been a, a very positive perimeter defender for quite a while, but is a solid post-defender, holds up against the likes of, like, you know, Julius Randle, much better against bigger defenders because he's a quite strong, good center of gravity. But in saying that, the what the Nets get in return, Cater Bates-Deev, Jordan Goodwin is, you know, these sort of vet minimum sort of guys. so you don't really... You know, read much into them, what their futures will be in Brooklyn, how much they will play. They'll provide a semblance of contribution here and there, but in saying that, who knows? Yeah, you know, the Nets. Uh, Nick wanted. I think Nick pointed out he wanted to sort of share that the Nets' three-point shooting is not much to ride home about after is leaving. Now Royce was fluky, but I think Royce would hit the timely sort of three. So it'll be interesting to see how Jacques Vaughn, you know, constructs lineups here and there about you know, with these new guys and the depth of the roster, you know, I think it'll now give us an opening to Jalen Wilson to play some consistent minutes, which I hope severely, sincerely that he does get that time. But, you know, overall, if we're talking about what happens, this is what happened with the Nets overall, guys. The Nets got three second rounders, hopefully they're those unprotected ones, Dennis Schroeder, Thaddeus Young, Jordan Goodwin, Kater bates up and out the door went Spencer Dimity, Royce Sunil, and Harry Giles, who was waived. Now, a little note on Harry Giles, uh, he had a, a nice little performance, little spark performance the other night where he put up like 8-4-2 and two in some nice little junk time. He really endeared himself to Nets fans, including myself. You know, He probably could have gotten more minutes here and there in the absence of Darren Sharp, and I, I wish that he had of. But I want him to be on, a, on an NBA roster somewhere because I think he's got something. And he provided a lot of energy. He was a really good bench guy, great glue guy. And I love the story of him coming back. So hopefully there's a spot for him somewhere in the NBA because I think he's got quality character. And I think he can do more than what he was able to show in Brooklyn. So a little bit of a mini shout out for Harry Giles. But overall, if we're grading it, guys, how do we grade it? C plus? Maybe if you're being generous, B minors. You know, Corey Cantor uh, asked me to sort of share some of his thoughts. He was sort of similar in terms of at least something was done rather than nothing. You know, DeJounte Murray was linked. Nick and I talked about that extensively. DFS for a couple of first-rounders, that was talked about extensively. Nick Claxton being talked about. At the end of the day, it ends up being these smaller moves. And what does that indicate for the direction of this team? Look, I think it's that the Nets are just standing pats. You know, standing pats. And is that, you know, the right move, the wrong move? I think it's the wrong move because, you know, the moves that weren't made, I forgot to mention was that Mikael Bridges, you know, will those three, four first rounders, Houston first round picks be around the offseason come next year? Hopefully, maybe. And hopefully they have that wiggle room and flexibility to go for the star or to go for a rebuild. Despite what we've heard time and time and time again, a rebuild is an opportunity, a positive opportunity for the Nets to get some more assets and to build something organically, you know, with Cam Thomas and maybe Nick Claxton and some other guys. But the plan just seems to be get a heap of assets, roll, keep rolling with Mikel Bridges. But you're also hearing those leaks, I think, indicates that they might be trying to dip their toe in both waters. So will Mikel Bridges be a Brooklyn Net long term? for now but we'll see how the season does pan out it seems to me that the nets are going to be going after a donovan mitchell trying to get him on the cheap and use some of the assets that they've acquired maybe some of those Suns picks etc some matching salary you know dfs uh, dennis schruder some other guys is that the right route i i, I think that the rebuild is the better route but Joe Sy and Sean Marks have differing ideas to me and, and plenty of other Nets fans. I, I, I just want to preface this. If the Nets do land a superstar, do land some guys, and they are successful, I'll be ecstatic. While I disagree with some of the moves and some of the direction and the, the strategy about it all, I still want the Nets to be good, and I want to enjoy this team. And They haven't been very enjoyable for large stretches this year. Hopefully, post-trade deadline, there's some things to write home about but we'll see how it does pan out for the Nets in general. Another little tidbit around uh, Spencer Dimwitty is that he is going to be, uh, his, there's now a new trade exception. This is by Yossi Goslin. So the Nets now have a $20.4 million trade exception, which will be good for one year. Now, whether the Nets use that, so that will, I think, replace an old trade exception. So they're gonna couple the Nets. I think there's a Joe Harris one as well. Not sure if the Nets use that. Maybe they can use that in acquiring a superstar. We'll see how it pans out uh, with that. But in general, guys, you know, quiet-ish sort of deadline. So you obviously Ben Simmons, his contract will be expiring. Cam Johnson, his contract can be used as well. So the Nets have flexibility in contract length and amounts. It'll just be the how patient is Sean Marks and Joe It seems to me that they want to maintain a level of relevance, uh, like they're getting the gate tickets, they're getting that gate money, but are the Nets good? Are they enjoyable? They're sucking this sense of malaise where I've voiced pretty strongly on previous episodes about my disagreements with where the Nets are and where they're going. You know, things could change. I could be wrong. If the Nets are good then all will be good in Buzzland, all will be good in Netsland. We just want the Nets to be good. Uh, a couple little questions that I want to discuss from some people uh, on uh, who replied to me in uh, a bit of a tweet. BK Netstand said, I'm probably the minor- minority here, but why does Nets Twitter hate Marks and Size so much? Wasn't the clean sleep worth a shot? What am I missing? I think it's now, as I alluded to, not going back in and using what we now have the opportunity to reset and then build organically build forward that's what i think the frustration is with cy wanting to be this sort of mediocre team that sells tickets etc etc and i understand that frustration uh frankie tomara says what's there to look forward to for the rest of the season we won't make playoffs. we don't have any picks in this draft excite the fans jack reading on nets twitter reading on twitter nets fans losing it um Cam Thomas is something that I'm excited about. Mikael Bridges, his continued growth. Nick and his continued growth. But outside of that, the Nets are going to be a play-in-ish sort of team. The growth of those guys. Some Lonnie Walker. Love me some some Lonnie Walker time as well. And Darren Sharp in his return. Him showing something here or there. Noah Clowney. Jalen Wilson. Obviously, Derek Whitehead's going to be out, unfortunately, for an extended period uh, going through some injury rehab stuff. But... Yeah, there's things to look forward to. Are they lighting the world on fire? No, but there's a a flicker, a glimmer, something like that. Yeah, nonetheless, um, why isn't this team transparent with their fan base? It says C H on Twitter. Look, kind of I want to hear from Sean Marks or Joyce Sire in the media and just hear what the, the rationale behind their moves. Will we? Probably not. Do I want to? Yes. Do the fans deserve it? Some do. I, I think. I would like that, but you know, we hear a lot of waffle and maybe you listen to credential reporters like Brian Lewis about what the Nets actually want to do. So listen to the right people and we already know what their direction is. But it'd be nice to hear from uh, the horse's mouth itself. A Giant Taco Seller, how much do you wish you were a fan of another team right now? I love the Nets, no matter what. I-, I love them. There's, but it'd be better if there was a, a better someone's of direction. So uh, thank you again to Java uh, Java Ghost and Hanorama who were talking about Lonnie Walker and Dennis Schroeder liking those guys and uh, Cam playing some extended time at point guard. But in saying that, guys, I think that's it for today's buzz. Uh, An average sort of-ish trade deadline but it's reflective i guess of where the nets are at and maybe where they're going and maybe what the rest of the season is going to be like we shall see prove me wrong sean Joe, josiah let's ignite this fan base let's get something excited let's get something going and let's go nets world let's get some wins on the board
2: That's com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile